0: Beyond the Wrench with Jay Ganinan from Finder Wrench. Welcome to Beyond the Wrench. I am your host, Jay Ganinan, and happy to have Mark Wilson join the podcast yet again. As I've mentioned in prior podcasts, Mark is my business partner here at Finder Wrench. And today we are going to pull back the curtain to share what it's like to launch two new product offerings during a pandemic. Launching a platform at any time is a huge undertaking, but launching in times of such uncertainty is a whole other level. Welcome back, Mark. How are you today?
1: I'm good on this gloomy uh, Monday here in Wisconsin. How's it going for you?
0: Well, May's not too far around the corner, so I think uh, the the uh, <laughs> April showers bringing May are coming, but uh for for today I guess uh we're gonna talk through quite a few things but uh to start 2020, 2020 has been pretty quiet right not not much going on
1: right yeah no chaos, <laughs> nothing just pretty boring yeah.
0: <laughs> well why uh, obviously we're being a little bit uh a, a little bit sarcastic there but why don't you kind of give us a uh kind of a look at where we're at today where what all has gone on in 2020? maybe not so much pandemic-driven, but in terms of find a wrench, give us, I I guess, give the listeners an update as to where we're at.
1: Yeah. So obviously a lot has gone on. I'm not sure if everyone realizes from the last time I was on the podcast, but you and I kind of officially joined forces at the beginning of this year. Uh, We had been kind of informally working together for quite a while, Uh, but we We joined our two teams to start the year. Uh, You'd done an awesome job of growing the business. And sometimes when things grow so fast like that, you kind of got to step back and put proper processes and uh, systems in place and things like that. So the initial focus was, uh, I guess, twofold. One, getting those processes in place, getting our new systems in place, getting everyone up and running with that without disrupting the core business. I think that's gone really well. That's not something that happens overnight, but I'd say now up to probably the last couple weeks, I think we're safely out of that. So that's been great. Also, while we were doing that, we're getting uh, the new people up and running and learning the industry, learning the product. And then you and I were spending a lot of time kind of figuring out, all right, we're doing really well in our ASR offering, our full service offering. But there's still something missing, something more on the technology side, something that can be, clients can use throughout the whole year, kind of always be recruiting. And that led to us developing something called Wrenchway, which we're about to launch here. And I know we'll talk to you in a little bit, but that was kind of the plan was starting at beginning of May, we were going to officially launch Wrenchway. We had some partners lined up, which we still do, but then everything kind of went crazy in the world. Um, So that changed our plans, or I should say delayed our plans, and kind of led us to turn and see what can we do to help our clients and honestly help keep our team busy as well, since a lot of the clients uh, we work with aren't actively recruiting right now. We do want to keep our full team employed. Uh, We don't want them just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, so we want to find something productive that they can do that also helps our clients that led to support repair shops.com, which not sure if that's the direction you want to go next with this or. uh... Yeah.
0: Well, and I think it's, uh, it's important to kind of walk through the steps too of how we got to that point. It was such a a kind of a a weird time, right? Because you were building this platform. We we've got a, a growing business and then coronavirus hits. Right. So I think the important piece to really look at there is it was kind of a a different time, right? There there are customers who traditionally are always hiring, started to feel uncertainty. uh, But then at the same time, we're launching this platform. We wanted to help shops out. So I guess, what are we doing on that side to help shops out?
1: Yeah. So I'll start with kind of what what supportrepairshops.com is and then we'll kind of get into how we got here why we did it so basically it's a place it's a website obviously that any end consumer person can go to find i think we have a couple hundred participating shops right now and continue to grow that it's it's completely free for the shop to participate but if as an individual you can go on there find a shop in your area that you want to help support during this time You might not need service at this moment, but you could buy a gift card to be used throughout the next year, which helps get cash in the door right now for the shop. And then also to incentivize you, other than just doing a good thing and helping your local business, uh, we also worked with a bunch of partners to fund some $250 Amazon gift cards. So we needed something that could be used for pretty much anyone in the u.s that's why we chose the amazon gift cards so for instance jasper engines contributed 1500 bucks River kicked in a thousand dollars we have some other partners listed on the site as well but what we did was take all that partner sponsor revenue and at the end of may everyone who buys a gift card from their local shop for every twenty dollars they spend we're just going to do a drawing and give away those gift cards we don't make any money, no transaction fees or anything like that on the gift cards. All the money, other than the credit card pay- fees that you pay for anything when you accept the credit card, all of the money goes to the shop. So that's kind of what it is. How we got there and how this came about was, really you and I were talking about, well, what can we do to help these shops? We're a small company ourselves. It's not like we can donate a huge amount of money. Uh, and then we started thinking, well, I, as a person, how can I help my local shop? Buying a gift card is always a good option. I don't need service right now on my car. And frankly, I haven't been driving it a lot because we're all kind of on lockdown here. But we just kind of came up with the idea of, well, why don't we help these shops? A lot of them don't even offer gift cards now. Give them a free, easy way to sign up to be able to accept them. Get that cash in the door now. Make it fun and incentivize end users to participate. That's really kind of where it it started. Uh, we had been building wrenchway, so we took bits and pieces of that and had our development team shift focus just for a few days when we did this we we knew it couldn't be something um, that took us several months to launch, so really we gave ourselves a week okay, what can we do and work around the clock and build out a pretty cool platform but yet safe and secure to get it out to the public fast I think it took us seven or eight days total from the time we were just talking about it as an idea to getting the site built, getting all the credit card processing stuff in place, and then uh, reaching out to shops, getting our partners, getting Jasper and a few others involved. So there's a lot going on, kind of a crazy chaotic week span, but also kind of fun. I think it brought our teams together and everyone kind of did their part to put all their normal duties aside that they, a lot of them still had to be working on, but to just do something brand new that, probably won't help us in the long run. I don't see us long-term being credit card or gift card processes or anything like that. But I think in the short term, it's going to do a lot of good for a lot of shops.
0: Yeah. And that's been, honestly, first and foremost, I give you a lot of credit and your team a lot of credit for getting that turned around so fast, because I think that's something, knowing how hard that tech side is and my lack of ability on that side, it was nice to see that. But I think over and above that, some of the the cool stuff we saw during that launch it was really the the kind of the the coming together of people right and and one of our sponsors uh, shop four d David Rogers called me uh, out of the blue and said, "Hey, would like to talk about what you're doing there and and um, I thought it was so cool because i wasn't expecting anything. I was really hoping, hey, maybe you could uh, spread the word and and just uh, send it through your network and He ended up putting up fifteen hundred bucks to for these gift cards as well. I didn't really have a relationship with David prior to that. And it just, out of, out of generosity, getting him to, uh, to contribute was crazy. And then the other side of it was hearing from, uh, we actually had a local shop owner on the program that's just outside of our hometown here in Mount Horeb, who really did a good job promoting it. And he was really, really humbled and really, really kind of surprised by the results that he was able to drive through that. Uh, and it was really cool to see because it did actually help drive him some cash flow in a time where, frankly, any of us could use it. So seeing both sides of that, of kind of our our community come together in, in terms of just trying to help shops get through all of this was, uh, is to me, has been pretty rewarding. I thought it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it definitely has. And I, I think I know the shop you're talking about. I actually bought a gift card there myself. And yeah, obviously, we want to support our clients and support local. Um, So I bought one there. Um, I know I looked at the numbers. They're doing a great job. That is one thing I'll say if anyone kind of listens to this on the shop side that does work with us. You do have to help promote it. They did a good job of putting it on their own Facebook page and letting people know it's out there. This came together so fast, and we could handle all the technical aspects and the security and all of that, but we didn't have any time or budget to properly market it so we're doing our part our partners are posting it as well to get people to support it but the best thing a shop can do is they sign up they, they get it for free they still do need to kind of push it themselves a little bit to see some of those results and they shouldn't a couple people i talked to i think pride factored in a little bit and they didn't want to come across as just being a charity or anything like that and that's not the case i mean you still when someone purchases that gift card you're still providing the service and doing a great job, and it's just you're getting the money moved up a little bit than what it would otherwise to help with some of that cash flow. And then from a business perspective, it I think it kind of drives some loyalty too. Of if someone locks into that gift card now and they don't need it for six months, well, they're going to take it to your shop and maybe they spent fifty bucks on a gift card, but maybe they need something that costs a couple hundred bucks or anything like that. It, it kind of locks them into to going to your shop if they're able to do that now. So anyway, yeah, back to your point, Uh, it is kind of humbling to see that happen. I don't know that any individual shops are gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars or anything like this, but I think any dollar helps. And uh, like I said, get that cash flow in now and then also lock those customers in now.
0: Yeah, and it's it's uh, honestly pretty user friendly. I hate to pat ourselves on the back here, but but it really is easy to do. Uh, and if you go to supportrepairshops.com and uh, and check it out and, and sign up with our form, it's a, it's a pretty easy process. And credit to uh, to kind of our account management team and and our sales team for adapting during this time. It's uh, obviously just a different time so the flexibility needed to really make something like this happen in such a short period of time I think says a lot about our team in general
1: yeah no I think it says a lot about our team kind of to the external world but then internally like I said before it was it was a fun project to bring everyone together and I think when you and I pitched it to the rest of the team at first we everyone wants to help don't get me wrong they all want to help our clients but they're there was some hesitancy of, uh, what are we doing? And <laughs> why are we, do we really, you know, we are a small company ourselves and we're not exactly killing it because of the coronavirus that's slowed a lot of things down. So should we be kind of focusing on our own stuff? And I think now everyone realizes it was the right move and it's yeah. been exciting and there'll be a time for us to start uh, selling our recruiting services and our upcoming rentway products. I mean, hopefully, clients that we're helping now with the support repair shop remember us and buy from <laughs> us in the future. But there's no commitment or anything like that. They don't have to, and I, I think the team the team is feeling good about what we're able to accomplish with this.
0: Yeah, for sure. And now that that brings up kind of the next conversation, right? The next point of how how we even had this ability to to do the the support repair shops page in the first place, which was developing the technology for wrenchway why don't uh, why don't you give us a kind of rundown of what wrenchway is and and kind of everything that i guess is important to to know about wrenchway
1: yeah i think the easiest way for me to describe wrenchway is it's kind of like zillow but instead of searching for a house you're searching if you're a technician for the next place or a place that you might want to work at it Has components kind of like a typical job board, but it's also vastly different. So, our goal is always to think of the end user first. And in this case, that is a technician. You've heard me say a lot of times through our research on our own and then other third party uh, reports that are out there that at any given time of the entire population of qualified technicians, there's like less than 5% that are actively looking on the job boards. There's about 25 to 30% that love where they're at, they're not going anywhere. And then there's everyone else in the middle, that 60, 70%, whatever's left over. Those are people that have a job, they are okay with it. They're not looking to move tomorrow or anything, but they're open to new opportunities and they're not exactly loving it where they're at. We wanted to give them an easy and practical way to search for shops that might be worth their time to go through the full interview process on because when we started looking at this and when I came aboard and started learning from you about the industry that's what struck me is everyone knows there's a shortage of technicians but how many of them are actually willing to look at different opportunities but don't actually ever do it and if you think about it well they have to go through often a very long application process and then schedule a time to take off work to go in and learn about the shop. And oftentimes when you first look on the job board, there's a hundred different openings in your area and all of them kind of look the same. Mm -hmm. It's just pretty daunting and what it leads to is no action ever gets taken. So we said if we were gonna build something, we wanted to promote transparency early in the process. So if I'm a technician, I can pull up my zip code and do a little filtering to see the shops in my area. And then I want to see a lot of that information that is not proprietary, that helps me narrow that list down from 50 in my area to the two or three or four that are worth applying to and worth going through the normal interview process. So we built this 100% for technicians. They can log in, view a shop, not just view the general about us stuff, but they can see photos of the shop. It's a dealership, not necessarily photos of the showroom but kind of the back area where they're going to be working at. Um, we always tell our shop owners when you're taking those those photos, put little captions on there, just, pre- just like you're pretending you're walking through that. Excuse me. You're walking the technician through your shop and you're pointing out this piece of equipment over here saves a bunch of time. Uh, here's our parts area and they can describe their parts ordering process, things like that. And then there's a pretty detailed profile that the shop has to complete. It provides transparency on how their compensation works, Um, not just what benefits are offered, but a little detail on those. So if you offer health insurance, not just that you offer it, but how much is paid for by the employer, how much do you as the employee need to pay? Then different FAQ type questions for, you know, is it a heated or temperature controlled environment? I mentioned the parts ordering process before, so especially if you're paid by flat rate, You want to know what things would slow you down and uh, are you waiting on? It's just meant to get a feel for what it's like working at the shop, different questions that through our, or mostly your experience of interviewing and hiring hundreds and now building up a database of, I think we have 40,000 technicians in our database, learning from them, what are the frustrations of this hiring process? Uh, What things do they did not like about the normal job boards and the normal process. And then we took all that information and built Rentway, which I know you agree and I'll, I'll stop rambling here and let you add on to it. But I think it's very cool way to provide transparency, to give that end technician something that after they are tired at night and done with their shift, if, if they want to kind of scroll through it on their phone and just see what other cool shops might be out there, if I am considering looking you can do that without having to go through the full interview process.
0: Yeah, and I think you hit on a few really, really key points there. Uh, the first of which is this te- this platform was built with the technician in mind, right? The the user experience and I think from your experience and, and being able to create a good environment for, for uh, the end user to come in and use it. This really, really was built for a technician's eyes. Uh, and it, it, it's kind of contrary because all of our customers are shops, but we wanted to build something that was really, really appealing to that technician. And not only that, every hour of a technician's time, every minute is accounted for. So it's not like a sales rep or somebody like that, where they can just step out and go take an interview somewhere or even go really look. This allows them to be able to look. And from a shop's perspective, uh, you bring this up a lot, Mark, in a lot of pitches that we do and everything like that, but really the shop should view it as this is your opportunity to sit across the table from that high level technician that you've been wanting to get. And this is your opportunity to sell to them. And I think the the way that Wrenchway lays out is a really, really good uh, way and a really good opportunity for shops to get in front of a technician uh, that maybe they wouldn't have been able to traditionally. Walk me through a little bit of that. How how did you really understand what a technician was looking for? And I guess, what led you to really, really want to build it to a technician's eyes, maybe more so than a, a shop size, if that makes any sense? Yeah, at a high level,
1: I mean, this is true of any product I built in the past, but you have to think of the end customer first. And you made the comment that our, our clients are the shops, which is true, but our entire business revolves around helping those shops connect with qualified technicians. So we need to start with that technician and uh, we're not trying to trick them into taking a job they don't want or anything like that. That's You might come up with some gimmicks that work in the short term, but that's not long-term sustainable business. So what we needed to do was talk with lots of different technicians use our experience uh, that you built up for recruiting in this industry and figure out kind of put ourselves in the shoes of that person and say all right how do they differentiate those 50 that realistically they all kind of do look the same on the job boards, and everyone we talk to wants to hire qualified experienced technicians well if you're the end technician there's just no way to tell one shop apart from the other without actually either taking a day off and interviewing there or at least going on a phone screen and people just aren't willing to do that they want more information earlier in the process so then it just became an exercise of us thinking through what that would look like and mapping out what stuff will shops share what stuff won't they realizing we're going to have to push some of the shops to share stuff that they're not comfortable with if they don't want to they don't have to be on the platform but like salary, for instance, it's pretty useless to the technician to say you're gonna pay them anywhere from forty thousand to four hundred thousand. You know, I'm okay with ranges being on there, but they have to be realistic ranges and that are useful and give you information. And the good thing is, in talking to shops, most of them have been attacked themselves, or uh, obviously they hire and employ a lot of them, so they get that. They they understand it needs to be about the technician first. Um, So I think everything we do, I know Steve Jobs is big on every meeting he has. I think whether they actually physically have an empty chair or just kind of pretend they have an empty chair there as if the customer was sitting there. I think everything we do product-wise around this uh, has to be assuming there is a technician right there and and it is 100% built for him or her. Because if it's not, if it's too much for the shop, then not going to add any value anyway. So I think that is just the overriding theme. If you can be honest with yourself and think the only way this works, not just for us as a company, but for shops to find people to fill those open positions is for them to realize they need to think about it from the technician perspective and to take a long-term view. Uh, We still have our other recruiting services um, that if someone needs one, someone right now, uh, we can help with that. And and uh, do more traditional recruiting, but this is something that is priced at a point where it's a very low monthly fee that a shop should just have a page at all times. So any technician that is looking ever kind of gets a feel for what your shop has to offer, and then they can either reach out then even if you're not hiring, or they can kind of bookmark it and then be alerted. When you are hiring, if you have a good profile and something that they're interested in, they'll want to be notified when, when you are hiring. So that's something that kind of, I, I steal this from you, but you always talk about in this industry shops need to always be recruiting. And I think that's something that fits perfectly with Ridgeway.
0: Yeah. And, and I truly think it's uh, when, when, when shops, and this doesn't matter if you're a dealership or an independent or a fleet or, you know, whatever it is, and you're looking for a technician, what you need to come to, grasps with and understand is that we truly are in a in a shortage type period right where there's not enough people to fill the seats there's there's far more jobs than there are people to fill them so what that naturally does is shifts the leverage to the technician and the technician has choices and and uh, i think we see it in some areas more than others but uh, in some areas it kind of feels like the wild west so we're giving a platform Two shops that that really want to sell themselves to be able to get in front of these technicians, and I think that's the I think that's a really really cool part of it. So I uh, again compliment you and and uh, the rest of our internal staff on kind of getting this put together. Uh, anything over and above that, Mark? I know one of the one of the things I'll kind of tie back to here is. Uh, I believe the podcast is is named uh, launching a couple platforms during a pandemic. Looking back right now, how how do you think? Is there anything you would have changed about the way we went about this in terms of how we how we did the platform or how we launched it or or you know even how we shifted the to, to, uh, to support repair shops? Looking back at it, I, I guess give me a little bit of feedback on how that process looked and, and, you know, when we made the switch to go to that support repair shops, how difficult are these decisions and, and how, you know, it it was, there was news changing by the minute. It seemed like at one point, walk me through that process a little bit of, of launching this platform or launching the support repair shops during this time.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a very difficult decision, especially when we had put a lot, and still continue to put a lot into wrenchway. Um, and but had, facing reality too that we we did need to delay that and the world did change and I think we had to come to terms with pushing that back a little bit. We're not pushing it back a long time or anything like that. So that was number one. Number two was yes we have a very skilled dev team and we can build this pretty quickly, especially like I said earlier, kind of piggybacking and taking some components from what we were using in wrench that made it a little easier to build. Uh, but it's not just building it, then it's supporting it. And we got a couple partners lined up right away. So even though we're able to launch it in a week, we still like today, we have a, a lot of new shops rolling in that we need to get set up on this and get them to promote it and then process the, the gift cards. Knowing that once we did this, it was a very intense probably a week or so to get it built but it's probably another couple months after that of supporting it and um, helping the shops so it's a pretty big commitment but it was the right thing to do I think we understood that right away and if it means we're gonna work some more hours so be it I think we like I said we're not making any money off of this or anything but we kind of felt helpless of what can we do uh, if we were this massive corporation, we probably just would have donated directly to some of the shops and kind of moved on. We don't have the funding to do that. So we we did what we could do with the tools we have and skills we have and kind of just kinda went from there. So yeah, it was a very difficult decision to allocate resources to it. I don't think anyone really questioned internally our motives and wanting to help, but it's more a question of Okay, at some point though we still have a lot more work to do on our existing products and are we stretching ourselves too thin and honestly I still worry about that a little bit. Yeah. But we're in it now. So <laughs> we're gonna keep supporting in it and once we made the decision it's full speed ahead and uh we're gonna we're gonna do it the right way and I have no doubt that uh we'll make it work, but I'm sure other things will come up that we weren't thinking of yet either, but we'll just have to adjust at that point too.
0: Well, hopefully no more pandemics for a while. Like we, we can uh we'll get right. through this one and then uh hopefully that's the one in our lifetime that we have to deal with. What yeah, else? and hopefully
1: it's uh not too much longer either. At least uh it, it feels like even though everything's still cooped up and kinda of quarantined off, it does feel like at least things are becoming the new normal and um shops are able to make even if they're not recruiting fully right now, we're seeing a few more trickle in for our normal business. And it is nice to see that shops are adjusting to and planning again, not just reacting. You had mentioned earlier, hour by hour. I think now it's things have settled in a little where there's, but there's still a little or a lot of uncertainty out there, but at least you can start planning your business again and know that, all right, I am going to have to hire more technicians. I should start thinking about that now. So I'm positioned. Uh, and whether that's a month from now or three months from now or whatever it is. So it's good to see that side of it too.
0: Yeah, it is. It's uh it's there's been signs of encouragement, I guess, the last couple of weeks. And it it's still you know, I think trying to plan from a, a business perspective on how to how to best attack this is is tough. And and I've said a lot, but I, I truly believe that how you treat this next couple of months is really going to dictate uh, potentially your next decade because it could mean if a, a good tech hasn't been treated well that they might be looking, or if uh, you can gain a lot of loyalty in how you how you handle this as well. So I know from, from a business standpoint, we've had more applications to job postings in the last month than we had had quite a ways before that. And I think it's just truly because for the first time in a long time, there was, there was a shakeup, right? And there was, there was people that were out of jobs that in the past would have never had that problem. And, and um, so, and even
1: real quick, Jay, real quick on top of that, even if they're not out of jobs, I think more people just have time on their hands right now. So Mm -hmm. those, a lot of those people that were maybe saying, I might consider making a move or looking, I think they are looking a little more actively now. And I think that's why launching Rentway here in the next couple of weeks is going to be good. Even if we don't have thousands of shops on there, you know, getting a beta version out, getting people using it will be good. But what a perfect way for that technician that has had his or her hours cut or is maybe just kind of poking their head out above water a little and seeing what's out there. I know everyone we talk to about it and everyone we show the early versions to. It's just blown away on how much more useful that is for that person going through that search than just seeing a you know, two paragraph job description on a job board that, like I keep saying, all of them look exactly the same. <laughs> uh, it, it might even turn out, you know, it's okay, frankly, it sucks right now that we're in the middle of all this and we had to delay it, but it might lead to it, it being better in the medium term for us as well.
0: Yeah. I I know just from the standpoint of like what we talked about with trying to run a business through this pandemic, it, if it was going to happen in, in terms of like for a business, we had so many moving parts going into 2020 and then, you know, changing over systems and and realistically not changing over one business system, but two business systems and, and how, how, how difficult that transfer of data is and being able to do it the right way rather than rushing and trying to to make sure that, uh, that all the, you know, you work a lot of hours to keep customers happy. And this little gap or this little reset maybe allowed us to do some things more correctly than we would have been able to otherwise, if we're just running with, uh, with our hair on fire, so it's uh, it's definitely been an interesting year. Uh, there's uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs, and and uh, I, I think it's it's been fun to get the teams acclimated and get everybody working together. Our teams really really mesh well together and have really. I think you mentioned this before, but building this platform and and really shifting to support repair shops was kind of a a great way to mend the teams and to, to glue them. Can you talk a little bit about going through a transition and going through a merger and, and kind of the questions around, okay, how is this team going to fit together and who's going to do what and how's that going to work? What did you see as we went through that experience? Uh, I think that
1: has gone really well. It helps that we are both two small teams. So a couple, this is my third, tech or a software company that was part of the startup team. So first one was acquired by Microsoft Yeah, that was in 2007. Frankly, that transition was kind of terrible. It just, it wasn't a fit culturally at all. And I think after a couple, I was out of there within a few months, it just, it wasn't a good fit for me, but I think the remainder of the team kind of trickled out and left over the next 18 months to two years at most. Then I started a company and it was acquired by a company that was still publicly traded, but probably like five or 600 employees instead of a, I don't know, 20,000 or whatever Microsoft has. That transition went really well. Um, I'm still in great contact with those guys. A lot of the team is still there. That was an awesome experience and I kind of learned uh, from them how to merge two teams together. And then it made it a little easier when you and I so then I had a small startup again, as you know, uh, but we were pretty small, just five or six people and kind of figuring out what we were even doing. Um, and then your team, that made it easy, because you and I have been friends for yeah. years, and I've followed your business, and we've kind of helped each other out along the way. So I think the combination of it being very small teams and you and I knowing each other and it being a, a, a true partnership has made it pretty easy for everyone, but there's also you know a little overlapping that happens and people it's natural to be a little insecure and wonder is their job safe, things like that. Yeah. I think we just proactively made it sure everyone is aware that not only was their job safe during the transition, but we we want to grow this thing and we want to be the the place that if you're a technician, or if you're a shop and you're looking to hire technicians, it's just kind of a, a default. You almost have to go through find a wrench. And we have these big audacious goals to make ourselves uh, the, the platform that everyone in the industry uses. That's not something we're going to do overnight, but it's been fun so far. And you've heard me say a million times is it's, it's always good to work in a niche, but we're in a very large niche as well. Um, So there's a huge amount of growth opportunities for us. And I think the team understanding that and seeing the growth that's already happened is pretty exciting. It, It makes everyone more willing to be flexible and work together when they see the potential of it, both from a company perspective and for their individual perspective.
0: Yeah, and they've they've done a lot of adjusting this year so far, haven't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, and part of that comes through recruiting, too. Is if you're not willing to be flexible, you probably shouldn't be at a company that's at the stage we are. You know, that's on us for recruiting, and we see some similar things with the shops we work with. So, you know, we always talk on Wrenchway how some of the smaller shops are a little worried that they don't have every benefit and they can't offer all the things that the big guys do, and... But that's okay. I mean, we have to keep reminding them of not every technician wants to work for that huge company. That whole spiel I just had about Microsoft wasn't for me. It is for a lot of people. You know, it's just everyone's different. And uh, whether you're hiring software developers or nurses or technicians or anything, it's there's never going to be the same fit from an employer's per, employer perspective that every employee wants. It's just finding what you're good at, what culture you want to build. And uh anyway, sorry to make this a pitch for wrenchway again, but it just everything we talk about keeps reminding me that that's what we're trying to accomplish on that platform too
0: well, and I think I kept going back uh when when you and I first started talking about this piece and and knowing your background and 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 the the ability to really build a good product, we were doing pretty good on the on the recruiting side. I think one thing that was always evident to me was how do you make the industry better? And how do you, how do you, I don't know, build something when you know there's not enough techs to fill all the roles? And, and, you know, we're, we we take pride in getting involved with schools and doing some of this other stuff. But I think an underlying piece of this whole thing was I had some level of concern and I know you do now of technicians that have left the industry and, and we really, we can't afford we can't afford to have a, a, a brain dump and we can't have that level of technician leave the industry and to be able to show them that there are options, even if they're not in an ideal situation right now and not every shop is the same. And similar to what you said, technicians are We We do, I think our industry almost does a disservice at times by putting all technicians in the same bucket in the same group but they really are individuals and they really are, uh, they all have different interests and, and it's up to them to find their best fit. We all spend a lot of time at work and I've been in situations where it's not a fit and it's not fun. So to be able to find that good fit is good for not only the shop, it's good for the technician. And if their values align on what, you know, what, what they both like or what they both need out of that relationship I think that goes a long, long way. And that, that's where I'm I'm just overly excited about this wrenchway platform. I think it it helps improve the industry in a bunch of different ways. But I, I the one thing that I see and some of the folks that I think we can really, really benefit are maybe some of those technicians that are on the fringe of, hey, do I do I really want to do this? And and I think the answer is yes. Like there, there's a ton of opportunity out there for technicians. And uh, I think this does a really, really good job at showcasing the best and and the people that really take a lot of pride in their operations. So I'm 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 excited about it.
1: I I agree. And I think we've kind of talked about our two main points of what we want to accomplish longer term. One is finding good technicians, find them great shops to work at. So that's what we're primarily doing now. But then we want to help with, getting more people in the industry as well. You had mentioned working with schools. I'm not going to go into that now, but that's definitely something that we have coming up as well. And we're trying to drive more people into the industry um, as number two. But for the first point on number one, keeping people there. And if you think of it again, from that technician perspective, they might've had a bad experience with one employer. We want them to, instead of leaving the industry, give another shop a chance and um, getting that information out in a transparent manner is a, leads to a better likelihood that'll happen. But then also by sharing this information and having shops put their their info out there for technicians to see other shops see it as well. And you can see what other shops are doing. And when, in the early days when you and I started working together, I started challenging you on some clients that we were working with that maybe we shouldn't. You can tell them all day long that they're not competitive and you hear, you talk to others in the area that maybe they don't treat employees the best. Those are not clients we want to be recruiting for because if we had a, a brother or a sister or whatever, and we looked at a shop and we would not recommend them going there, we shouldn't be doing that for the candidates that we're recruiting either. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of tightened up some of that. But you tell shops that and I think they just don't believe it (laughs) that they're not as competitive as they think. And like I said, you don't have to be perfect. You know, not everyone can offer the highest salary or every single benefit, but there are things you can be good at, but you also can't be so far out of uh, the norm and so underpaid and so uh, lacking in, in areas and then expect someone to come work for you. So I think by exposing this information, it's, kind of rise all tides and and will make a lot of the shops better and make technicians maybe be treated better, find a place that will treat them better rather than switching careers completely.
0: That's where I think we can have an impact on the industry as a whole. I I really genuinely believe that uh, from the bottom of my heart, that's the, that's what we're here for. And, and uh, I, I think we can, we can make the uh, the lives of everybody involved better. Uh, so I'm 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 excited to get this thing rolling. Uh, of course, we had a little bit of a detour here with the support repair shops. Hopefully, that helps some shops get some cash flow in this time of need. But I I am uh, I'm elated to to get rolling on this thing. So great work with all of that, Mark. And and uh, I guess if the rest of our team is listening to to everybody on our team, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun so far and and uh, looking forward to what we can do with this platform yeah
1: as am i and uh thank you for having me on and doing the podcast and i think one of the reasons we work so well together is i like to build the product in the background and get your input and uh i i'm happy to jump on these as a guest whenever you want me but i'm also very happy that you're willing to take it on all the time (laughs) and do all the rest of them it, it, you do a great job at it and uh yeah I'm, I'm glad you're you're taking on that that aspect of it i think <laughs> there's a lot of things you do like you have what 10 15,000 followers on linkedin and i think i post like once every 4 months so it just <laughs> works really well that that you're good at that stuff and i i can kind of work on the product and then yeah it just Makes works fun. out well so i i uh, want to compliment you for it's only been what a month or two months since you started the podcast and already our numbers are looking pretty good so you must be doing something right
0: yeah i think uh i'm definitely not a pro at it and i'm learning a lot but uh it it is uh it's fun to fun to do and it's in general i love talking to smart people and picking their brains and this has honestly been a really really good way to do that so this is all all really really good information so thank you for being on the podcast again today mark and uh have a good day